rather busy. Now he's going to move like right along to McGregor. That's his whole life. You know. So right before we were about to sit down to record, I opened my notes and. You know, in my mind, Redux and Redux 2 were very just atmospheric, languid episodes where, and I look at my notes and I've written like 3,000 notes for these episodes. Apparently they were just ridiculously dense. Is that a, did I remember that? I don't know if I agree with you. I I, I, I don't know. Like I thought it was just very tonal and atmospheric and yet apparently I found this very intricate. I loved these episodes. No, they're really good. And I think that, you know, I mean, certainly I'm not saying they're not good. They're they're some of the finest mythology work I think the show has done. And, you know, we have talked before about how the mythology episodes in the fourth season have, have felt more urgent, have really come back around to, I think, what the mythology episodes, at least the excitement of them in the early part of the show's run. You know, they had kind of gotten a bit rote. They had kind of gotten a bit by the numbers. And you never really knew exactly what was going on. And what they did was wrap it back around to the real core of the show, which is the relationship between Mulder and Scully. And I think how much each one of them will sacrifice to to help the other. And this is really a three-parter, of course, because this yes. is also part of Gethsemane from, from last week. And... It resolves, you know, it resolves the Scully has cancer uh, a plot line, at least for the time being, because it's gone into remission, but but not cured. And there's a lot of a lot of stuff in here with with Scully's family. There's a lot of stuff in here with the the cigarette smoking man. Um, and there's a lot of areas of discussion to to talk about. But I think where I want to start is, you know, we talked about the the structure of Gethsemane um, going back to the the you know in media race sort of situation um you know is Mulder dead is he not dead and of course he was not dead and you know one of the things i like the most about um redux 2 is that it, it pretty much uncovers the fact that Mulder is not dead very quickly uh redux it's still kind of up in the air because it's kind of a retelling of the events of gethsemane more from Mulder's perspective which i think is an interesting choice because it kind of tells us you know what was going on with him and it, it, it all really works very well, and I think that it really speaks to, I think at this point, the the sadness and the desperation that is at the core of Mulder because he has really come to rely on Scully in a very real way, and the imminent loss of Scully and the fact that he is being... Uh, you know, attacked on all sides. He's being attacked by Skinner, he thinks. He is being attacked by the FBI in general. He's being attacked by scully's family you know he's being attacked by the the conspiracy um at least not the cigarette smoky man but the other members of the conspiracy that it all just it's it's so heartbreaking to watch and yet i think i what i think is very interesting about this episode is his pivot uh in motivation because at the beginning of um I think it was the first step. Yeah, the first episode, his his opening narration is basically says, you know, the entire time I thought that my crusade had an ending and that would be finding out what Samantha happened, you know, what happened to Samantha. And if this was all a hoax and if I never find my sister, then everything would be to waste. This entire time he has had the hope that he would find Samantha. And if he has lost that hope, you know, what is faith? What is going to keep him going? And the answer that he finds in these episodes is 
protecting Scully, getting rid of her cancer, you know, working, he immediately pivots to, I'm going to risk everything for a cure to save Scully. And Well, yeah, because I, I think that in a lot of ways, Scully has not taken over the role that Samantha plays in Mulder's life, but I think that the unspoken realization on Mulder's part in these two episodes is that Samantha is a mystery. Samantha is a red herring. Samantha is a MacGuffin. You know, certainly she is important. I mean, she appears in Redux 2, or does she? You know, I mean, that's an open <laughs> and, and By that and, point, I was just fucking cracking up. Like, that That was just the the most hilariously hilarious thing they could pick for that point in the episode. But we'll get to that. Yeah, we'll get to that. Um, but Samantha is still out there. He still wants to get Samantha back. He briefly gets her back apparently but she's not real she's not as real as scully is and scully is there scully has been with him for these last four years scully has lied for him you know in front of an fbi task force and he's realizing exactly how important scully is to him and and frankly to to i think the work of uncovering this conspiracy improving the existence of alien life because what is all that for? I mean, certainly it was to get Samantha back, but that's not the most important thing to him anymore. I mean, there are real people that he knows that he knows are alive that are much more important to him at this point than than his sister is. He at one point even says, you know, if I find this cure for Scully's cancer, that means that she was given this cancer. That means that this hoax indeed is existing. He is paying all of his belief in aliens that is the price that he is paying for a skull for a cure for scully i i i i think it is the episode makes a very big point to say that this is something he's almost sacrificing yeah absolutely because i mean what do you make of the fact that after the events of gethsemane after the you know uncovering of this alien corpse that that may or may not be a fake and how important that all seemed to that episode that that has completely disappeared as a plot line from from these two episodes i mean rightly i think but yeah what do you make of that i mean in no case was that particular incident a significant incident on its own it's not as if it you know, was the thing that explained everything. It was just more mysteries, but it was just more... That was a more symbolic incident, right? That incident stands for every UFO thing. It's arbitrary that it was this particular professor that was, you know, involved and that it was this particular corpse. And so we're moving on to much larger issues in this. We don't really care about the details of the conspiracy anymore. And the episode... I kind of think is making that clear. It doesn't really – it's not like we've been following the trail. The trail has led us to hear uh, the thing that's saying that everything we've believed may or may not have been a lie. Yeah, I think that's an interesting way to look at it. But I also think that it's a little strange that the episode – these two episodes completely gets rid of that as a plot line. It you would know, be I, too I mean, much. Well, it would be too much, but I think that what it what it's doing, I think, is is piling layers on mysteries on top of mysteries, layers upon layers. And, you know, certainly in a sense, that plot line was dispensed with with, you know, Michael Krichgau and the whole thing about this is the big lie, et cetera, et cetera. 
And, you know, certainly the, the events of Redux were Mulder, Mulder's adventures in the DoD building, you know, going in, finding that room full of alien corpses or whatever they are. I mean, maybe they're, you know, they're, they may not even be alien corpses. Yeah. Um, that's where they build them or something. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then the other part of it, which is that he enters that room that the cigarette smoking man enters at the end of, of the pilot episode of the X-Files and realizes that, you know, this is the place where the, all the secrets are kept and he's looking for something. And in a way, once Scully has become, once her existence, once her life has come into question, you know, he is able to to repivot very quickly. You know, he, he doesn't necessarily believe Michael Kirchgau. I don't think he wants to believe him about the conspiracy and mm-hmm. about the fact that 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 alien body is is a, is a lie and that it, in fact the entire existence of, of extraterrestrials is a lie and they've been stringing Mulder along just to use him because they find him useful but it kind of gives him a clarity of purpose where he has something to do he has a direction for this anger he feels about about being lied to for all these years yeah he sees a very real victim in front of him in Scully and this is a very concrete thing that can be avenged or fixed or taken care of yeah because they're they're obviously doing something i mean the conspiracy exists for a reason and what that reason is we don't know but you know they've already in this episode i mean the cigarette smoking man seems to have gone rogue in some way and you know he he's dead at the end of the episode yeah right (laughs) i know exactly um there's some information I have from the the sort of you know revival uh, seasons of the show that that make that even funnier. But um, yeah, I mean he you know he's he's being hounded by his own people essentially, and I mean the events of Redux Two are weird because Mulder is in a situation where he is. He, he doesn't think he's found anything, right? And he's really desperate at this yeah. point. And Redux 2 has this very sort of, you know, uh, uh, depressing atmosphere that Scully is basically dying. And they put makeup on her to make her look really sick and all these things. And the Cigarette Smoking Man seems to be helping him because he thinks that this is an in for him to get at Mulder finally. And that Mulder is going to come work for him, which is obviously a miscalculation on his part because Mulder would never do that. But... I don't necessarily think that, you know, the cigarette smoky man is, I, th- I have a feeling he's being genuine there in, well, in he, a weird way. I mean, there's this, the, the, and let me put it this way. I think I said the other week, you know, the possibility of Mulder being the cigarette smoking man's son, uh, the cigarette smoking man has to at least believe he might be Mulder's father, right? Like he, he, He's carrying around a, fo- a photo of when he was, you know, a teenager at that age, and that is the age that he is fixating on Mulder. Like, he's very – the Cigarette Man is very weird in this episode, like even weirder than normal, and there's something that he knows or he believes, and I don't know how it works out that way, and certainly he's, you know – claims to uh, certainly the woman who is Samantha claims that he has adopted her as his fa- as her father um well yeah i mean i think that what is going on there i mean this is something the show has been seeding for a while that yeah. the cigarette smoking man 
may not be as secure in his position in the conspiracy as he thinks he is. He he does seem to be a bit lower on the totem pole than yeah. you know the the guy, the British guy, or this um, I don't know what you want to call him, the guy with the bad teeth. Uh, that I never noticed this before, but that actor, I don't know if it's the actor, I don't know if it's makeup. I hope it's makeup that he's got like dead teeth. He's got black oh. teeth in his mouth. Um, and so it does. There's always ha- there always has been this you know implication or or you know leading question in my mind about the cigarette smoking man's actual role in this organization that he does seem to be on the lower of the totem pole and they actually think that he is losing it at this point and they're not telling him of course that they think he's losing it but they think he's losing it and Mulder is important to the cigarette smoking man Mulder does not appear to be important to the rest of the conspiracy this is a very personal thing and it's an interesting mirroring of the relationship between Mulder and Scully because Scully is very important to Mulder the Mulder is very important to the cigarette smoking man who is the cigarette smoking man important to Samantha mm. If that's true, of course, because we really right. <laughs> like, like I said, I started cracking up at her appearance because, of fucking course, he trots out Samantha. She's probably not really Samantha. Like, like it, it, it's there's enough scenes of the cigarette smoking man looking at that photograph on his own, right? Like, that's not necessarily done for Mulder's benefit all the time. So there is something there, and what we will learn about whether or not, but that also doesn't change the fact that the cigarette man is trying to manipulate him. I mean, he's may have some weird misplaced fatherly affection for him, but he also definitely wants to, I mean, there's something almost Darth Vader in that. Like he's trying to turn his son in this episode. Yeah. In a certain way. I mean, I mean that, that kind of puts the, the, um, the episode demons into a new light as well, where of course he was getting these, you know, recovered memories where he thought that the cigarette smoking man was his father. And in this episode, here comes Samantha again. And the cigarette smoking man is Samantha's father. That's what Samantha thinks. And, you know, it's layers on layers on layers. I think the only thing that you can really say is that the cigarette smoking man does have a personal interest in Mulder for some reason. What that reason is, we don't know, but on the other hand, I mean, I do want to talk about Samantha a little bit because, you know, you seem to think it's hilarious. I think it's actually really sad. I well, mean, I mean, hol- hilarious and again, in the sense that I find this, these two episodes had a lot of fun conspiracy cheese to them. And that was certainly a level. But, you know, I do see a sadness to it. But continue on that. Well, because, I mean, the, first of all, the the actor who's playing Samantha is the same actor who played the the person who said she was Samantha. I think back in the second season of the show, that was revealed to actually be a set of clones. Yeah. And it was kind of left ambiguous at the time as to whether or not the clones actually came from Samantha or not. Um and so that's an interesting uh, uh that's an interesting thing to do for people that have been watching the show for a while. Uh what does it mean? I don't know. I think that it either means that that actually is Samantha or at least Samantha does look like that or would look like that if she was an adult, um, if she's even still alive. But or or it means that the cigarette smoky man is continuing to portray this completely unrelated person as Samantha. And I th- I don't know how to react to it because it's so perfect. I mean, it's I, I think that, you know, 
the the episode wants to make it seem like there's an open question as to whether or not this is Samantha, but I think that the episode is completely saying it's not because oh yeah it's too it's too well choreographed it's too well timed she says all the right things she's there to short circuit Mulder's critical thinking faculties to make him completely emotional and then she wants to get away from him immediately she's like here I am I think this Blatant, is terrible yeah. It's very blatant, and then she's like, "But I can't, I can't have contact with you. I have to go back into hiding again." You know, it's it's just too easy. I mean, throughout the entirety of this episode, we see the um, conspiracy guy watching uh, footage of a panel on human cloning, uh, which was, you know, something that was being discussed at this time. This was a little post Dolly the Sheep and all that. Um, I think that was real footage because I saw Ted Kennedy there. Yeah, um, with obviously uh, Skinner added in the background. I love when they do. Something yeah, like yeah, that. of course. Forrest Gump had just come out. It was a very popular thing to do. But um, so I mean, the, the no, actually, Mitch Pileggi did moonlight as a cloning scientist. He was there. Oh wow, good for him. Yeah. Um, you know, so cloning is supposed to be on our minds in this episode, at least subconsciously, and to have this Samantha show up, and we know that she was a hybrid clone of an alien. I mean, we know there's like 20 hybrid clones of an alien. You either raise one of them unsuspectingly, and she thinks she's human, or you just give a nice bonus of honey to one of the other clones, and she'll act the job for free. Like, it's... Uh, you know, there are so many ways that this is I, – I guess that's it. There are so many ways that this is not Samantha and this is a total trick. Um, there are so many more of those than there are ways this is actually Samantha. I don't believe it for a second. I actually don't believe that the I, – I, I find it hard to believe the cigarette-smoking man thinks this would work. Mulder knows he's already been f- faked out by a copy of his sister before. And again, he has shifted his position into fighting for Scully. I mean, this I, I think it's a sad attempt in how little it's going to work. It's very ineffective. Well, I, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you, and I, I think that's right. But I also think you're not taking it quite far enough because I think you have to look at it in terms of what the cigarette smoking man wants and where Mulder is emotionally. He's in a very vulnerable position right now. You know, he is losing his anchor. He thinks that Scully is dying. I mean, Scully is dying. You know, there, there's no question about that in my mind, that, that her cancer is very aggressive, her cancer is spreading, and that she is dying. You know, this is something that is happening. And once she dies, Mulder, I don't even think he's thinking rationally about it, but emotionally he knows he's going to be adrift, he's going to be lost. Uh, he's also in a lot of trouble with the FBI because he killed a person or someone killed that man. It was Mulder, but <laughs> you know, and, and so the cigarette, what, whatever the cigarette smoky man wants, and I don't even think it's a relevant topic of conversation, what he wants, because we have no way of knowing and we could speculate, but, but why would we do that? I think it's more, you know, th- these episodes are more interesting to me on a character emotional level that it's a really smart play on the cigarette man's part because hmm. He knows that Mulder is going to lose the one anchor that he has keeping him in this world, and he is going to be looking for another one. He is going to be looking for another reason to keep going, because that's what Mulder does. And the Cigarette Smoking Man thinks that he can make it the Cigarette Smoking Man. Is he right? No, I don't think he's right. But that is his, that is his grave miscalculation. But, I mean, the other thing about it, too, is that, you know, the episode very nicely plays around with, 
you know, it, 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 it kind of does the whole, you know, Hitchcock thing, show the bomb under the table and then show the people talking, you know, because it, it does show the uh, assassin. It does show the sniper getting set up. You know, we, we see him looking at his watch. You know, we see the time going by. We think Mulder's the target. And then, of course, Mulder is not the target because... I don't think the conspiracy cares about Mulder. Yeah. I think, again, it's really just the cigarette smoking man that cares about Mulder. And the way that they are going to stop the Mulder problem is to stop the cigarette smoking man problem. Yeah, I think in a lot of ways, the cigar- the conspiracy killing Mulder would be showing their hand. The fact that he's not being targeted for assassination, you know, looks like they don't exist, right? Like, I, 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 I it's yeah. kind of clever, you know, they... they they don't profit by eliminating him. Right. There's nothing gained by that. I mean, that, that again, like you said, that would be showing their hand. That would be kind of, in a sense, proving that they exist and they care about Mulder and that Mulder was on to something. And, you know, the lone gunmen are going to go crazy and try and figure out why Mulder was killed and all this kind of stuff. And they know they're too smart for that. I mean, I think that they've been keeping this a secret for 50 years, ostensibly, so they know what they're doing. I absolutely love the scene where Kritschgau or whatever his name is, is, uh, you know, explaining the conspiracy to Mulder. And you've got this, you know, all this newsreel footage of the atomic bomb and bioweapons and aliens. And he's intoning this just utter nonsense. I mean, what I loved about these two episodes is how goddamn nonsensical most of it was. Half of the dialogue doesn't really matter, but it's just so beautifully, like, atmospheric. Um, You know, the the actual nitty-gritty of how and why this conspiracy is doesn't even matter to me anymore. It's just almost a tone poem. Um, The part when Scully is talking with Skinner, arguing with Skinner, and, you know, he's all, well, the FBI, and she's all, but truth! And the actual content of their discussion doesn't mean anything. And yet, it's, right? It's I, I, I yet it, it, again. This is why I thought that these were a lot less deep in a way than I did because it's just kind of you know it's almost operatic. You know, it, it, you just get the sense and the feel and the emotions of the scene and the exact words and the details. It doesn't really matter. Yeah, I think that's right on. I mean that that is what the X Files does at its best is that it yeah. is it is acting on pure emotion. It's acting on this very sort of operatic level, which I think is a perfect analogy to to the way that these episodes are structured and 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 how they they work on the viewer. And you know, in in a certain sense, I mean, I think that that even these episodes are. I think they're kind of admitting that the mythology and the conspiracy stuff has gotten too confusing and gotten too overwhelming and that none of it really matters. And it, it's not, I wouldn't say it's making fun of the mythology, but I think it's, it's, it manages to, it in a way which is interesting because it's almost sort of like sidestepping the question. It manages to turn its flaw, its utter convolutedness into a feature well, yeah, it's convoluted because this is just a smokescreen. You know, every time Mulder gets close, of course another detail gets added because they're doing that to confuse him. And it suddenly, like, justifies the area where it doesn't quite line up. Yeah, because, I mean, let's go to the end of Redux 2. How great is it that the the FBI mole is revealed because Mulder makes a blind guess? <laughs> like, I love that so much. Yeah, and... You know, the section chief Blemons, and then he's dead, and you know it. It's it, it, it's 
it's so over the top. I love how over the top this show can get. But again, there is a camp to this that I am loving, but it is all also deadly serious. Yeah, I don't think it's campy at all. I I, I don't... I don't see that. I mean, I, I think that the show is taking this extremely seriously. Um, I guess camp in like a Joan Crawford sense, like where it's just such heightened emotion. You know, it's almost maybe melodramatic is a better word for it. But. Melodramatic is I would agree with you that it's melodramatic. I, I, I think that sometimes you may get melodrama and camp confused, but that's a separate con. That's a separate conversation. But yeah, I think melodramatic is a good term for it because it is melodramatic. I mean, that yeah. is what the X-Files is doing is it's it's it, these episodes in a sense are getting very melodramatic. And I don't know. I like melodrama. Yeah. It works very well. I, I I'm much more on board with this version of the conspiracy episodes that I am with the other ones. Yeah. Where we actually have to care about, you know, where did the black oil come from and how many factions of aliens are out there and what departments are. All of that was the boring stuff. That wasn't what the focus of it was. The focus of it is these people being caught against something that is again, unknowable and fucked up and incomprehensible but still human created, still explicable by science. Because there's another, there's another part of that too, of course, which is, which we haven't talked about yet is Scully's family, especially in, in the second episode in Redux too, because, you know, Bill Mulder, Bill Mulder. <laughs> well, it's interesting that her brother is named Bill and, and his father was named what? Bill. That, that's not something I picked up on before, but um, just a coincidence, but an interesting one. Bill Scully, Scully's sister, is dressing down Mulder is basically, you know, he's not happy. And, of course, he doesn't know what's going on, and he has no idea um, of the depth of this. He doesn't know what they've been doing for the past four years. But he has such a distaste for Mulder that you can really see it and taste it. And Mulder has no response for him because, you know, he is in a position right now that at least intellectually he thinks that, he thinks that that um, Critchgow was right and that everything they're doing is wrong and that Scully has this cancer for for no reason that this conspiracy just gave her cancer because they're doing something completely unrelated to the existence of extraterrestrial life and here is her brother yelling at Mulder or not even yelling at him just just basically being very very hard on Mulder and Mulder has no no response to that yeah I mean he's Something in that conversation almost reminded me of, like, as if he's dressing down an alcoholic who got, you know, into a car accident with his sister. Like, that's almost the same exact tone he's using. Like, you destroyed all of this, and for what, little green men? Yeah, you, lo- you know, and when Mulder's saying, well, I lost some things, I lost, and you know, Bill is saying, you lost stuff, I lost stuff, um, your entire crusade has fucked up everything around you. And did you even find anything about that? You didn't even come with an answer. This was all a waste, a wanton destruction almost. And it's, I mean, it's it, it's much harsher than if he had yelled, you know? I'm sure yeah. Mulder would have rather just hit him. Well, I mean, I want to ask a very mean question, and okay. I'm doing this for a very particular reason to kind of play devil's advocate, but... Isn't the, I mean, if Mulder could actually definitively, affirmatively prove that there was intelligent extraterrestrial life out there, wouldn't that be worth Scully's life? Well, Scully's the one who can answer that question, but, um, 
Well, what do you think Scully would say? I think she would say it would be worth it. If he could definitively prove that. But I think she would yeah, also... Yeah, that's, that's what the question is. But I mean, that's, I, I, that's I, what Mulder I, wants to do. That is Mulder's quest in this entire show. And if he could definitively prove the existence of extraterrestrial life, I, I mean, I think it would be worth Scully's life. Yeah, but I also don't think he's come to a point yet where he... The risk, I think, has always been too great. A lot, and that is something Scully has pointed out a bunch, saying, you know, you can't do this now. The evidence isn't in enough. Like, I think Scully would answer that question affirmatively if, the ev- if she was swayed by the evidence. And I don't think he's gotten to that point yet. Uh, but I don't know. You know, it, 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 this implies that this can be proven. And I think the show, for the show, the jury is still out on to whether Mulder can prove this or not. Well, of course it can be proven. And the existence of extraterrestrial life could easily be proven. I mean, aliens could land in the mall in Washington, yeah. D.C. and walk out and say, hi, here we are. I mean, this is not something that it could not be proven. Yeah, but are the aliens going to do that? Yeah, I don't, I don't know that you're really getting my question, though. I mean, my question yeah, is Yeah, 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 like, no, I, I, I'm saying, let, let, let's say we could get the, let's say the proof exists, you know, all right, you know, we're God right now. Aliens exist. Okay, we're back to Mulder. If Mulder can prove that, and it is something provable, something that can be done, is it worth Scully's life? I I can't answer this question. This is a very difficult question to answer. Is it though? I mean, one isn't one person, wouldn't one person's life, I mean, leaving aside the fact that it's Scully who we love, like, it wouldn't one person's life be a, a, a good price to pay or a, a, a reasonable price to pay for something that would completely upend human civilization and the way we look at ourselves? I mean, on the one hand, I guess so. On the other hand, I really hope to never be in the op- in the position to have to make this decision. I find yeah, it very. But di- I mean, I don't. I find it very difficult to say yes to this question. Even Why, though? I don't. I know, know I'm pushing you on. No, this, no, but I'm no, doing no. This for a very it, particular reason. Because I don't believe, for example, that the human experimentation in the show is justified, and I can't say that it is unjustified in one case, but justified in another. Does that make sense? Well, leaving all that aside, though, I mean, the conspiracy is one thing, and the conspiracy is outside of that. I'm saying that if extraterrestrial life, the existence of it could be proven, that the, the, the uncovering of this conspiracy could be proven, and that the mask could be ripped off, and that everything that Mulder thinks is true is true, that's got to be worth Scully's life. Because if, you know, to borrow a phrase from our other podcast, Trek About, that, you know, everyone loves, you know, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. You know, there is so much human suffering at the hands of this conspiracy and that they are trying to do something that no one understands. And that if they could actually, if, if Mulder could actually affirmatively prove that both the, the conspiracy exists, he unmasks it in the way that he unmasks Blevins and, you know, Blevins is immediately killed and the existence of extraterrestrial life and, you know, Mulder and Scully's quest was worth it and Scully had to give her life for it. But, you know, now we have cures for all human diseases and there's a, you know, galactic federation out there that is going to give us like fusion power and all kinds of stuff i mean that would be worth it i think now i'm i'm kind of spinning this out a little bit but i'm I'm pushing you on this because i think that you what i'm getting at is i think that you 
you agree with Bill Scully more than you agree with Mulder. I don't disagree with that statement. I think that is true. All right. That's fair. I, I don't I don't agree with you, but I think it's an interesting question. I mean, I I I I I don't feel like you could get a guarantee enough for that and I don't know. I I Well, what do you mean by a guarantee? A guarantee of what? Like there are so many things like there are so many things that like like how much of what you just spun out, you know, cures for all diseases and stuff. Um how much of that needs to happen in order for Scully's sacrifice to be worth it? In other words, like let's pretend there is a quantifiable amount you can negotiate for. Like is simply just the papers all get a story and that's it fades out. Would it be worth it if we knew on that? Do we really need all I I, I mean I'm explaining this kind of poorly, but if I only get the cure for half of all the diseases in the world, is Scully's death still worth it? Yes, of course it is. A quarter of the diseases. Yes, of course it is. An eighth? One disease? Like, yes. what is the line? I don't know what the line is, but I don't even know that it's necessary. I mean, I, I mean, I will flat out say that I don't think that one human, one person's life is that important. And I think that's really the fundamental line that we are coming down to is that, you know, and, and I'm pushing you on this because I think it's really important to get at the core of, you know, what the X-Files is about, what this, what these episodes are about, and, and what they're really saying about the the importance or not of Mulder's quest, that you seem to be very much on the on the Scully's family side of this equation, you seem to be very much on the Skinner side of the equation. I mean, let's talk about him because he is also a very important part of this episode that, you know, is stripping everything else away. They don't fundamentally believe that anything is as important as Scully's life. And by dint of that, I mean anybody's life. Are they right? I don't know. And I think that that's an important question to get at the heart of the show because part of why I think we disagree about this so much is that, I mean, I love Scully. I think she's a fantastic character. But there is an element of, you know, I want to, I believe, you know, you believe that in Scully's life is very important because you like Scully. You know, what about the cigarette smoking man's life, right? Like, what if he died for for the truth? Would you care? I don't think you would. And I think that that's interesting because if you're arguing that all human life is as important as anyone else's, then you should. And if you want to start saying, okay, well, fourth of the diseases and eighth of the diseases, what if it's Hitler? You know, what if it's Pol Pot? I mean, you know, like, you can go down this road as much as you want, but at the end of the day, you're talking about one human. I'm not sure that you're I, I I because I don't think that I feel like I would say that, you know, if the cigarette smoking man's death at the end of this episode makes him, you know, makes it because the cigarette smoking man's death, let's pretend it's real for a second, is not going to reveal aliens to the world. It was just another death in this weird conspiracy machination and what was the point of all of it? Like, it just seems to me another, it, it all seems like a senseless waste. And I can't, you know, go around and say that, you know, I, 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 I don't want to be in the business of saying, well, you know, let, yeah, you kill a mass murderer and then you get cures for diseases. Like, I don't, this is, I, I, I think that's a fucked up thing to say that I don't believe. 
Well, let's talk about Skinner then. So I think that the show, I can't ever decide if the show knows what it's doing with Skinner or not. And what I mean by that is I think Skinner has kind of suffered a little bit in that he is kind of really playing, the, the show seems to be making him play both sides against the middle. And I am not really sure that they've completely successfully telegraphed that to the audience. Yeah, I, 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 sometimes it seems like he's getting these mood swings and he's just following who is ever is in front of him. Uh, sometimes it seems like he knows that he's playing everybody. It's, uh, it honestly depends on the writer for me and depends on the moment, whether he feels consistent or he feels like, you know, they're just giving him whatever emotion serves the plot whatever motivation. yeah yeah i i think that's right because i like skinner in these episodes and i think that you know at the end of the day the the fundamental question about skinner has always been you know how much should Mulder and scully trust him and of course early on they didn't trust him at all then slowly over the course of his appearances he started to do things that made them trust him more then they then he would do something that would affirmatively go against their trust and they would start distrusting him again. And, you know, I think part of it is that the conspiracy is doing this deliberately and, and not specifically with Skinner, but just with the fact that the conspiracy has so many layers, the conspiracy has its hands in so many pots, so many people, you can never really trust anybody. It would drive you crazy. And Skinner, I mean, to be clear, Skinner was working for them and continues to work for them. And I think that, this episode seems to, I mean, these two episodes seem to go down the road of Mulder and Scully are going to trust Skinner again, but I still don't know because you get that last scene of Redux 2 where Skinner is walking into Scully's hospital room and her family is around her and she looks at Skinner and she doesn't seem pleased to see him. Well, she definitely comes on the uh, side. I, I, I guess put it this way. We get this possibility that Skinner is somebody that, uh, you know, is he's the mole in the FBI. You know, there's these fo- there's a phone call that could be made to him. It's possible. And for me, that felt the red herring. I knew, okay, it's going to re- be revealed that somebody besides Skinner. But one of the things I think is interesting about the era, the episode is that Scully does seem to, you know, lose her faith in Skinner just as Mulder finally gets his faith in Skinner restored. They almost kind of switch in their outlooks towards him. Um, because Mulder at this point finally believes that, yes, he needs to do all this weird side work for the conspiracy from time to time and all this bullshit, but um, he is ultimately going to do on this, be on the side of truth, on the side of Scully and May, and, you know, he finally gets his trust in Skinner, and that's just kind of a switch. Yeah, which is weird, though, because I'm not really sure what Skinner did to affirmatively get Mulder's trust. Like, it just seems like Mulder trusts him because he has no one else to trust at this point, which, I mean, that's a choice, and I think it's an interesting uh, choice, but I, I think we need to be clear-headed about that. Yeah, no, I agree. It's not necessarily the best choice. Do we? It, I, 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 there are too many questions around Skinner. He's probably a good guy, but... You know, he has a couple big question marks floating around him. He will do some weird things. And at least we know that Skinner doesn't like Krychek, so that's always a point in his <laughs> column. Yeah, but nobody likes Krychek. Is there a single character who likes Krychek? 
Uh, we have a mention of a company named Roush. I assume they're going to be an important part of the world now. Um, you you may be surprised at how little how little they actually oh, are important. Okay, well, damn, I thought that. I, I think that I think that Roush is in this episode more for this episode than for the conspiracy. Okay, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't take it that the show is like adding another layer to the conspiracy. Okay, Let's because okay, because what I thought you know there's implications that bioweapons are a factor in all of this, and of course you need an umbrella to make that, but. Oh well. Well, I mean, I you know, we haven't I mean, we haven't really talked about about Section Chief Blevins and I I think that I mean, there's not a lot to say about him, but I I do think that there's two interesting things about him in terms of how the show is using him. So, of course, number 1 is this is a character that appeared in the pilot of the of the show and really didn't appear again, I I don't think. Um and partly that, of course, that had to do with the fact that they hired Mitch Pelleggi and, and that character kind of popped yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and they they went with that character instead of having uh, 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 Section Chief Blevins. But it, it's an interesting choice for the show to, to bring him back because it really does elevate this, um, you know, this two-parter and or this three-parter, really. But, you know, he also dies at the end of the episode at the hands of the conspiracy. And so it, it's all I don't know. It's you know, we talk a lot about Skinner and, and who should trust him and can we trust Skinner and all of these kind of things. But uh, part of the reason why I think these two episodes are bringing back Blevins is that they want to make it very clear that for whatever reason Skinner can be trusted. Yes, he's compromised. Yes, he is doing the cigarette smoking man's dirty work sometimes. But he doesn't want to be doing it. He's not deeply involved in the conspiracy. He's really a pawn. He's a middleman. And it's really people like Blevins that are the real problem because Blevins is wholeheartedly in the conspiracy. Yeah. And it also recontextualizes the past four seasons in a pretty interesting way, making this entire show a setup. You know, the deck is – which kind of shows how stacked – the deck is against Mulder and Scully. They were Scully was involved in the game from her very first moment on the series without even realizing yeah, it. Yeah, uh, this is something they started in over their heads. She had no ch- no hope but to get involved in this conspiracy, and you know, I, 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 that's there's something very creepy about that that I like. Yeah, I think so. I mean, the episode doesn't call that out explicitly, which I like. But you're right; like it does set up the entirety of the X-Files as someone's long game. And did it work out for them? Well, I guess we'll see. It certainly didn't work out for Blevins. Yeah, poor Blevins. Is this Scott person that Mulder kills, is he anybody we've seen before? I don't believe so. Okay. You you mean the guy that they find in his apartment? Yeah, Scott Osler. No, I don't believe so. The focus on his name made me wonder if they, but uh, anyway, you know, it doesn't really matter. I didn't know if that was just a deep cut or not. The X-Files is saying never trust anyone named Scott, which I agree with. (laughs) All right, well, I think we'll call it an episode. If you have any thoughts on either of these episodes, please go to tuninginshow.com and leave a comment. You can check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash truckaboutshow. It also supports our other podcast, Truckabout. This week, we are talking about the Voyager episodes, The Killing Game Part 2 and Vis-a-Vis. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, we are there. Tuning in show is our username in all those places, so follow us. And as always, please leave us an iTunes Apple Podcast review for tuning in. All right. 
next week, we will be talking about uh, one of my favorite episodes of the show. Oh, boy. I'm not going to tell you which one it is. We'll be talking about Unusual Suspects and Detour. Mac, why do you...